Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is taped deep in the dark. I'm Alex. And not that kind of dark where like, oh, there's the moon. It's sort of cool. I can see where I'm going. There's no moon. The stars have gone out. It's full noir. I'm Justin. What's up? I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 46 of the Red Dahlia, not the Black Dahlia. Don't get it wrong, guys. The latest episode of Riverdale, which, as Justin teased, is a full-on noir Raymond Chandler episode straight out of the 1930s. Dark detective work going on just like you like it, just like you dirty fuckers like it. Whoa, uh, whoa, what? Die. What? what's up? No, I'm not I talking about I- you guys. I'm talking about our audience. They're a bunch of dirty fuckers. Whoa, hey. No, no, Humphrey Bogart, he always said that, like in the Maltese Falcon. He's like, listen up, you dirty fuckers. That is his famous line. uh, (laughs) Yeah, when he's getting on the plane at the end of Casablanca, I think he says, listen up, you dirty fuckers. (laughs) All Uh, the dirty fucking bars to walk into. (laughs) Good classic, uh, classic Humphrey Bogart line. Uh, By the way, I should mention, uh, beyond the audio podcast, we're also doing a video version uh, that we're taping over Skype. Uh, We put one up last week. It was kind of a little test. Uh, What's really nice, if you are watching the video right now, uh, Pete is hiding behind his microphone and it's really fun to see. He's going to have a neck ache at the end of this. You can see, well, he get to hear him fall apart as the show goes on. Yeah, cool, if you're yeah. listening on audio, don't even worry about that. Just skip that last part. Uh, let's jump into it. Let's do a recap because there's a lot of stuff that you need to know going into this episode. Oh my God. I, yeah. I mean, this is like straight info dump this episode. It's crazy oh, how this yeah. happens. Um, but 
uh, where do we where do we even begin? So uh, Riverdale was put under quarantine um, because there are a bunch of seizures happening in town. We suspected mm-hmm. it would had something to do with Fizzle Rocks, which is their drugs that are being distributed by Hiram Lodge through some sort of network. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going on uh, with that, although we find out a lot about it this uh, particular episode. The quarantine was lifted, but then... <laughs> yes. Oh, again, if you're watching the video, this is very bad for the audio podcast. Uh, surprise guest dog. Surprise guest dog right in the middle of the recap. Uh, this oh. is... This is Recap Dog, which is very exciting. Uh, where were we talking about? Oh, so Hiram Lodge. Uh, the other thing that had high pr- happened with Hiram is somebody shot him last episode. We don't know who it is. Hell yeah. Uh, that is part of the big mystery going on this episode. And while he's in the hospital, uh, Archie Andrews and Veronica Lodge broke up officially for real this time. Veggie was ascendant. Yeah. Varchie was descendant. That's kind of where we left those relationships. Meanwhile, while Betty is kind of dealing with her own things as usual, one of the biggest things that she's investigating is exactly what uh, went on after the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy seemingly committed suicide uh, back at their fake nunnery. Uh, she's also been communicating with her old her old father, you know, her old father, uh, communicating with her father, uh, Hal Cooper, who was the Black Hood. He was sent to a Hannibal Lecter as prison last season, and she has started consulting with him and bonding with him. Uh, and then, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, Jughead. Uh, Jughead has been dealing with some stuff with the Southside Serpents. Specifically, on the downside of things, Sweet Pea and Fags accidentally killed Tallboy, who we found out last episode was the Gargoyle King, at least in the present uh and also she he um uh what's the other thing he's dealing with oh uh, the upside of things his father fp jones was named the sheriff of riverdale he's the new sheriff of riverdale so he's the law in town now boy that's what's going on uh meanwhile penelope blossom cheryl blossom's mother has been trying to build a brothel so that's pretty nice for her and <laughs> i guess we'll probably get to the rest of the stuff when we get to it right Yes, yeah, I think wow. Yeah, there nice you go. That was really good, Alex. Really Thank you so much. Uh, I love you, dirty fuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I appreciate what the fuck? it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's wait, jump into it. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on. Is that the first time Zalman told us he loved us? Yeah, it's a. Uh, what it's a kind moment. Of a big moment, man. Yeah. It's kind of crazy you didn't say it back, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm on my own schedule, all right? Oh, okay. My heart uh, beats on its own rhythm. You know what I'm talking about? Wow, you should write for Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I do. Uh, so let's jump into our podcast, Riverdale After Noir. Ooh, wait, before we do, actually, I have a question for you guys, and I'm sure we would have gotten to this anyway, but I think it's a good place to start right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, what did you think of the whole noir of it all? Do you think they achieved it? Do you think it was any different from a regular episode of Riverdale? Uh, how did you feel about what they attempted in terms of the tone? I thought uh, it, it definitely oh, was oh, different. You go first, uh, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, it definitely no, no, was no. different. I uh, don't know. It felt a little like too much uh, some of the time to me. A little forced. Jughead isn't the the cool dude in the in the the cool detective. You know. Yeah, he. Uh, that was the part to me. It's funny. Riverdale is a crazy heightened reality anyway. Like, it clearly doesn't take place in the real world. It's not supposed to be set in the real world. Uh, Everything that happens in Riverdale is 
is very close to noir a lot of the time anyway, both in terms of the way yeah. they film it and the t- way they execute things, but a very heightened, very ridiculous noir. Um, the only thing that was missing was Jughead's narration, him typing on a typewriter, Veronica coming in and saying, I've got a case for you, Jughead. And yeah. certainly they hit a lot of the tropes throughout the episode, but the thing that was funny to me was visually just in terms of the direction it didn't change that much i think like yeah. it was it was essentially shot the same way it's usually shot with a few exceptions where they had a lot more lower angles going on i think yeah and the flashbacks obviously right. uh, make for more noir yeah. uh i thought it was a lot of fun i thought the tone really fit, fit the show like zalvin is saying a little bit but I just thought it was a blast. What a fun kind of just you're kind of turning up uh, in, in a certain style. I thought it would really fit the show great. I mean, it kind of is an insane soap opera anyway. So kind of putting a noir flip on it. I thought it was just a lot of fun and it brought out a lot of great stuff in the characters. Yeah, they, and it allowed them to cram in so much information. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> it, it, it really whoa. turned my head around. It, it was crazy. I mean, we've been talking about this. I, I feel like after I turned off the episode, I you know not turned to myself, but like I sat there for a second and be like, "We're forty six episodes in. I should be <laughs> yeah. used to the fact that." They're going to jam through so much plot. And I know we talk about this on every podcast, but the fact that they're like last episode, well, Archie's going to have a drinking problem out in this episode. They're like, (laughs) Archie doesn't have a drinking problem anymore. And all of these things for the quarantine to who shot Hiram Lodge to all of these things that could be ongoing for episodes. It's insane how much that they wrapped up in this episode. Uh, to be I, fair, I've been sus- I've been suspicious about the water management of uh, Sweetwater uh, Creek for yeah. quite some time. Uh, so it was uh, I knew it would come. I saw that. Or they cram in so much stuff, but then you can have floating babies over a fire and never address it again. <laughs> yeah, that is totally true. Uh, I will say, and I know we were going to get to this later. Um, we did call that at one point on the podcast that we did say that maybe there was runoff into Sweet Runner River that was causing the seizures. So there you go. That's truth. We called one out of a million things. <laughs> what are we what are I we like going? those odds. Yeah. Uh, so the, the two other things that I just wanted to say about the toad before we actually get into the episode proper. Um, one, the music I thought was great. Uh, I don't know if it was Shelley Chung or uh, Shirley Chung or Blake Neely specifically who did this episode, but they really amped up the noir of the score, even beyond Josie's musical number, which Straight out of Dick Josie Tracy was straight yeah. out of Dick Tracy. It's Madonna's song in uh, when she's playing Breathless. Yeah, yeah. Josie's phenomenal in this. Yeah, so we'll yeah. get to that. But I, I just specifically wanted to call out the score because I think the score of Riverdale is so good anyway. But they really amped up the horns and everything and played into the noir nature. And even when it wasn't necessarily visually happening on screen. Audio-wise, I think it was working really well. And the Give other the thing, horns a shout out. Yeah, got got a yeah, shout out. To always horns. popping for the horns. <laughs> <laughs> Hard repping those horns. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention, just generally about the tone, and I'm sure we'll get to a couple of specific things, was how funny this episode is. Like they did a great job of making it noir, but poking fun of it the entire time. Like it was. Yeah. Riverdale is always very self-aware. This was a ludicrously self-aware episode, and oh, I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it definitely felt like they were like, well, we have to say a lot of things in this episode, so let's be fun about it and do this noir thing. Yeah. I mean, the recap was just, it's almost like last time on this insane show, and it just gives you a recap, and you're like, oh my god, I can't, I forgot about that part. Like, oh, it's just the crazy, crazy thing was the recap was 42 minutes long, and then they just went to the end credits. <laughs> that was it. That was well, the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that's joke, a joke. joke. That's a joke, but for real, that's the future of this. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, Jughead was narrating most of the episodes. So yeah. it was and that, like kind the of, that's sort of what they did on the premiere with Archie's trial, where they were like, hey, real quick, here's 45 insane things that happened to Archie. Let's flash back to those, okay? Oh, you remember that? That's happened in the past two seasons of the show. Uh, yeah. But also, like, rewarding people who are paying attention. Like, you found out something from season one in this episode. Or was it that shooting? That wasn't a, No, it was like... Uh, no, there was, a, there was stuff from basically every season of the show that was revealed on this episode, which is pretty big. So yeah. let's jump into it. Justin, you want to walk us through? Let's do it. So we uh, start the episode, Jughead, at the typewriter. He's talking about Noir Town, which he later calls Crime Town, but he's also <laughs> talking about Riverdale, uh, which is fine. That's very cool. Uh, hey, it's Riverdale. Jughead, it's Riverdale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, forget it, Jughead. It's Riverdale. Uh, uh, I just want to say, this is not to pat myself on the back too much, but when the episode started and he was typing, I was like, I swear to God, if we get out of this episode without somebody saying, forget it, Jughead, it's Riverdale, I'm going to lose my shit. And that was yeah. the last line. I was so happy. I was, yeah, no, oh, it, was, so happy it was good. They, they earned it. And they didn't overplay it. It was like nice and oh, just subtle. Man. It was good. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jughead uh, is talking to FP um, in the secret bunker. Who FP's a Slash sex b- bunker. Yeah, the sex bunker is now sort of the crime bunker and also the cop bunker. And a morgue. Uh, he, so he lies to FP, which Jughead, you don't really – you don't want to lie to your dad. Um, and we learned that FP's not a great detective because he was sitting on top of a dead body and did not realize that. Yeah. Or smell it. Uh, yeah, yeah, a dead body that has been in a bunker just lying there for – Well, probably it probably smells a, like weird sex, so like that body, oh, yeah. you probably oh. can't even smell it. Yeah, right. That does sound like a Jughead plan. Like, we have to have sex of the smell of this dead body. <laughs> yeah, and Betty's like, ah, it kind of smells like a dead body she's like don't worry about it it's a sex bunker it's fine that's why it smells like that just have more sex a guy named tall boy would definitely have a big stink so it it's weird oh, yeah um and then we have uh such a bad plan. Oh, go ahead no no i was just gonna agree that it's a bad plan please go on i mean the, the way jughead is mismanaging the tall boy thing is so weird to me <laughs> like he's got the body in a, their place it's like hiding the body in your trunk and just going about your business not even in your trunk because your trunk closes. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> if you walk into that bunker, you're gonna be like, "Is that a dead body under there?" And you'll be like, "Nope, that's just some extra blankets." Anyway, sit down, ignore <laughs> this big stink. At least the guys in Weekend at Bernie's pretended the body was alive, right? You know, maybe they that's spritzed him with some perfume or something like that. Definitely did. Hopefully, that'll be the plot of next episode. Uh, so Betty and Hal are talking just murder, like how to murder. Um, and we get into some talk about Clifford Blossom, someone who we've suspected may still be alive. 
And we learned in this episode he is not. Right. <laughs> Decidedly not. Um, Decidedly but not. Uh, the thing that I think was interesting about this, and this does a good job, uh, the more that I think about how the pieces fit together, that first scene with Hal is really to set up not just the last scene with Hal, but also the theme of the episode, the idea that people are more complicated, that it's as they literally say, like, it's not noir, it's not black and white, there are shades of gray in there, which, of course, is what most noir fiction is about, but they're talking literally in terms of color, which I wondered when they have that line, and this is very much jumping ahead, but I wonder if that line, that's why they made the decision not to film the episode in black and white, but instead to have it in color, because Mm. ultimately that's the moral of the episode. But that point to bring that up now is that's what's set up in that first conversation is Betty is thinking about things in this very moral absolutes and Hal of course is like I don't know kill people maybe what do you think yeah and for those of you who have forgotten that was what the Black Hood's M.O. was. He was killing people he saw as sinners, people he saw as transgressed the law and the law had not taken care of them and as we find out later that's essentially what Penelope is doing as well yeah, uh, it was interesting because it really muddied all the characters except for Archie. Once again, he's uh, Mr. Pure. And uh, as we see, see later, he gets close to a murder, but he doesn't. He's still the one pure character in town. Uh, Is he? Well, I mean, technically, yeah, based on so. what we learned about Betty and Jughead here, like Archie always gets close. He's like, I'll kill him. And then for some reason, he doesn't. Right. Like, Anyway, I want to ask you guys something. The hell scenes, it's too much like Silence of the Lambs for me to kind of deal with. Like, at least try a little bit to do something different. I mean, it's a little too much. I, I get what you're saying, but I, Riverdale has never been afraid of just straight up cribbing something. And that's yeah. what they're doing here. That's happened... So many times through the show, down to what we just called out as a good line, them saying, forget it, Jughead, it's Riverdale, straight out of Chinatown. That's fun there. Like, I get get what you're saying, that it's, like we talked about the last episode, Lachlan Monroe plays Hal, is doing the Anthony Hopkins voice from Silence of the Lambs. So it's a little ludicrous over the top, but they made that choice and they're kind of sticking with it, which is why... I'm okay with it, though I understand why it might be a little bit beyond the pale for you. Yeah. Uh, I want Hal to just start eating um, human. Yeah, yeah. To be a cannibal right out of the gate there. He's Hal's the kind of guy that eats liver, with a, not with a nice Chianti, but with like a sort of warm Bud Light. <laughs> now, can we, while we're talking about Hal, because I don't want to forget to talk about it later, given that we do find out that Clifford is dead, he's not hiding out somewhere alive, um, well, another... I don't know. I mean, he could, this show's insane. He could still be alive. Here's no, the thing. The, the people that the have Kirtle turned family up... did an autopsy. Yeah. Uh, the people who have turned up... Oh, the sketchy more guy that you just got to give money to to change whatever he'll say? Dr. Curdle well, we... Jr. is the only good character on this show. You said Archie. Yeah. It's actually Dr. Curdle Jr. No, he's up to no good. He's taking money to do side sneak well, autopsies. He's right. giving it to orphans. Yeah, right. The uh, the idea that we learn later that that, that he did kills, not, that he cut, an he kills the orphans. Yeah, he kills the orphans. Yeah. That that dude uh, did an autopsy just because, like, he did an off-the-books autopsy? Like, oh, I might as well do this. It's like, what the? That's insane. I don't know. I, I know you guys know this, but for those of you out there, I work full-time as an entertainment journalist. Sometimes I write about TV shows in my spare time. 
No. Okay, there you go. That's the same thing as doing an autopsy. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you really do an lo- autopsy you on that job. episode. When yeah. you love your job. And Alex really did an autopsy on that episode of <laughs> Riverdale. Yes. Okay, back to Hal, back to the Hal scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it muddies all this episode, muddied all the characters, and I think a good way it makes the both the parents and the kids just sort of all in this same mix of people who are not doing great things to the people around them. Um, but to your point about the episode being in color, it would have been awesome if it switched from if it was black and white and it switched to color. Betty had that realization. Wizard, Wizard of Oz style. Ooh, yeah, I would have uh, liked that. I just think it's creepy. She keeps going back there, man. After she was like, I don't want anything to do with you except for when I want to sit here and talk to you all episode. Dude, if I finally get caught for my serial killings, we would still do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? What? Yeah, Did you just put a blanket me. over a dead body and hope nobody notices? Uh, no, I just stuffed it under some stuff. Oh, okay. My, my comic books. I am a comic book collector to, as a way of hiding my bodies. Oh, I just kind of have them strewn all, all over the place. Comics or bodies? Uh, take take your pick. <laughs> take your pick. Little bit of column A, little bit of column B. I like to bag and board my bodies. You know, just keep it pristine. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah, you get them professionally graded. Yeah, like yeah. a loser. <laughs> so uh, let's keep going. <laughs> um, Archie takes a job working construction, which you know he's good at because he refuses to take a break. Um, and he cha- challenging your. Uh, your, I was going to say commanding officer, your manager on a construction site is the most insane thing I've seen on this show. I, you I, never that, do. How yes. dare you say that? There's way too many more. He almost died from a bear, you asshole. No, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm with Justin on this one. That So for those who didn't watch the episode for whatever reason, uh, Archie is breaking up a bunch of concrete blocks, and the foreman is like, okay, union-mandated break, and Archie doesn't stop. He walks over to Archie and is like, hey, you got to stop knocks the hammer out of his hand and archie steps up to him and he's like i got about a hundred pounds on you bro and he's like whatever i'm not stopping you can't stop me and the guy's like that's it off of my crew and archie punch, pushes him and i agree with you that was beyond the pal that so was weird. that was too much like i worked construction for a number about? of years and he i was would never in a fight club in an illegal jail fight club like what the fuck yeah but he I... went along with that that made more sense to me than him pushing the dude who was dude, managing the construction. He was losing it on those rocks, like just losing it. And then some guy comes over and grabs a hammer out of your hand. What do you think's going to happen? Dude, have you ever worked construction? Don't poke you the bear. Die. You die for breaks. Oh, You're yeah. You're dying yeah. for a break. Sure, well, I but- think even more than that, the fact that, like, I know the point was that he has anger issues and he can't really manage exactly what's going on, but that he went at that guy, it just made, it didn't make any sense. Like, he, I, I guess he's supposed to be self-destructive at this point. That's what that's showing yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, that's why he went to the soda shop and had too many soda pops. <laughs> he got real <laughs> hepped up on root beer there. Yeah, yeah it was shots. Now, I, have, I have an even right. dumber Riverdale question for you, and this is done, you'll know why in a second. Uh, when does this episode take place? Like, what day <laughs> of the week does it take place? Because I thought that as well. Nobody's no in school. Archie, is he going and doing construction on the weekends? Like, my, that was my big question. When friends like, it starts in an hour. That would probably be a weekday, right? It would have to be. No one works. Well, you know, you can, no, you can work on the weekends. No, not for a regular job. A construction job. 
Well, it depends on if you're behind, they would pay overtime and uh, try to have people work on the weekends. I'm just saying, yeah, this took place over a the whole last episode was like about how school is so important. And this episode, no one even mentions the idea of going. to the <laughs> They're clearly like just based on Archie alone. Archie goes to construction during the day. Fred has no problem if he is missing school, him going to the construction site. And then he's at the soda bar. All night getting wasted. Josie brings him back. Clearly, still Cold daytime. shower. Yeah. So yeah. it was during the day. Like you could see the light coming in through the window. So I yeah. thought it was at night, but nope, not at night. Josie's there during the day. Reggie's there during the day. Archie's there yeah. getting drunk during the day. These people go hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like a rehearsal or a mic check. Like nobody else was there. So it was definitely early before the, you know, the club was jumping. I guess uh, I'm also going to throw that out there just before somebody yells at us online. It's I'm guessing post quarantine, they sell liquor now. That's what's going on, right? It did. Uh, I yeah. feel like maybe they mentioned that offhand in the episode from back from the break. Um, they definitely do have liquor or Archie is a real soda, soda <laughs> jerk uh, because he definitely was fucked up. Yeah, yeah it was. I'm going to, you know what? I think just for the sake of this podcast though, I'm going to stick with the fact that it's a non-alcoholic soda bar because yeah. that's much funnier. Agree, definitely. He loves flat uh, ginger ale as his drink of choice. Give him another. I got to settle my stomach. So uh, we have, uh, moving on, we have uh, Elio dropping off some flowers. Um, Elio's accent is from a uh, a part of, I don't know, like Montreal, Brooklyn or something. I don't know where his accent is from. But um, Alex, you were talking about how maybe Elio is uh, a romantic interest for Veronica. Are you still feeling that way? No, I I think we've moved on to veggie at this point. Man, Monica is strong. Man, Monica is strong, yes. Uh, Well, not so strong this episode. They're basically like back to the partnership version of what's been going on with him this episode, which I thought was interesting. There was like, there was a little bit of a hint in the way that she, what did she call him? Uh, Reggie, her jacked up Jack of all trades. It was like, okay, like there's a hint that something's going on. She's talking. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't romantic. That was more like, you know, right. But it was a surprising step back. I thought we were going to get a little more than that after they made clearly a decision at the end of the episode. Uh, But for Elio, I think we're past that. We're done. Like, there was a sense that maybe we could have had that, but now we're straight on to Van Monica. I think um, Veronica treats Reggie like she treats Archie in the comics, uh, Mm. where it's like, oh, yeah, Archie, you're here, um, but I'm doing my thing. Yes, and I don't know. I, I though I do think the the relationship is there in this episode when they're doing the drive around uh, picking up the lodge money, and he's the man. Reggie's the man in black. Like, oh yeah, that was cool. Him, she looks at him like I'm going to take the, those clothes off. Yeah, you you look like my daddy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Oh, that's creepy, guys. What? Uh, Some people so, have that. Um, we crank up the noir in the next scene when Veronica walks into Jughead's office, find my father's killer, uh, sort of moving the plot uh, in motion. We find that Hiram is having an affair with uh, Kelly Ripa. After yeah, five, Kelly after Ripa. Five seasons. Mrs. Five Mulray, seasons. yeah. Uh, Mrs. Mulray, Mulray, uh, I'm blanking on it. It's Faye Dunaway's, is it Faye Dunaway's character name in... Uh, Chinatown? Is that what it is? It's one of her characters. Tell you what, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Uh, but how did you feel about Kelly Rip in the episode? How did she do, even if she was only in one scene? I, I thought, thought she was going to do way more. Yeah, but it was fantastic, though. 
I yeah. liked her like character choice with the jewelry and the hair. I thought she was kind of badass. And it was fun moment where Shears is tough guy and then she tries to catch the egg. That was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. yeah it uh, just real quick. Uh, Faye Dunaway is Evelyn Mulray in Chinatown. Nice. There you go. So that's the reference there. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Kelly Ripa is married to Mark Consuelos. So that's the cute little in-joke there. And, of course, his son played the younger version of Hiram on the Midnight Club on the flashback episode. So getting that whole Consuelos Ripa family right in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to start you. featuring my dog and children in the, our podcast. You that's already well. have. You've done that. What? Yes. Oh, I, yeah. oh, that's me. That's <laughs> game. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, oh, the Kelly Ripa stuff. Yeah, I, I hope she comes back. I mean, I, this character is interesting. It was crazy how they tied her story in with the water management. She was the, also right. in charge of the water management. Well, <laughs> that that's, was why. I mean, that's another Chinatown thing, right? Like, for those of you not familiar with Chinatown, I'm blanking on the exact plot, but I know it has to do with uh, the water management in Los Angeles. Um, That's a huge part of the plot, if I remember correctly. So that's what the reference is there. But I do like that they tied that up with the seizures and with the runoff for the fizzle rocks and everything else going on. Um, I don't know that we're going to see her again. It seemed like they had her for a day, so they brought her in for a scene, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, but it would have been still, fun. Still great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Fred turning on the dad juice. Gets right up in Archie's face, right up yeah. in the camera, yelling at him. That's Luke more Perry. than Fred. That's the Fred Shape I want it to up, see. son. Shape it up. Again, uh, we talked about this in the last episode. The lack of tolerance that anybody has for what Archie went through is insane to me on this show. Particularly Fred being like, I understand that he's giving him a little bit of a tough love, uh, saying you can't drink away your problems. You think you're the first kid who's done that. But him being like, take a walk around the block. Come on, man. Shake it off Like your son got attacked by a bear Put him through therapy There needs to be a therapist that talks to Archie At some point I know it's not going to happen but Don't tell Luke Perry how to parent All right, (laughs) He's doing a heck of a job It's, it's, It's hard what he's got to work with He's doing the best he can I mean, to be fair, he's better than Archie's mom, who was just like, I work in Chicago now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> she, hey, she's doing pizza law, all right? Yeah, it's true, which is a very important field um, for all the pizza crimes. Do you watch Pizza Law and Order? It's really good. Uh, the... Uh, so that scene was ridiculous. Um, then we jumped to a very lightly attended funeral for Claudius. Uh, oh, Boston, man. Which was... Fake well, I mean, listen, That's right up front, Penelope says... Uh, that he's not that popular. <laughs> like, and uh, yep, only what six people show up, something like that. But we got a little Choney action. She was great in this. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of Choney Chopaz. Uh, though it's really just Cheryl being like, "Hey, let's not screw around." And she's like, "Yeah, what Cheryl said." No, right. but she was also like, "Yo, Betty, get in line." Yeah, Choney, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I like Choney shutting Betty down. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. Particularly like. Again, things that they're not necessarily referring to this episode, but last episode, Betty, kind of behind the scenes, helped kick Cheryl and Tony out of the serpents. So, uh, oh, two episodes ago, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or a million years ago. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> it's hard to remember. Uh, Riverdale is a lot like the news in that things either happened a week ago or maybe a million years ago, and it's totally not clear. I actually think a lot of the Mueller probe uh, focuses on Riverdale. Oh, really? story I, I read that recently, that they're actually starting to deal, uh, deal with that, and there's rumors that Hiram might be indicted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're definitely going to catch the Gargoyle King event. <laughs> uh, uh, I did like the scene with Betty and Cheryl after the funeral, though. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole thing, what Betty is doing there is super inappropriate. Going to a funeral and be like, hey, real quick, tell me about your dad who committed suicide. So I appreciated yeah. the fact that both Cheryl and Tony pushed back on her about that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's Betty being Betty. Betty got to be Betty. She does it. How often do, is she Betty, Pete? All day, er, day. Thanks. Just wanted to check it. That's glad that's staying strong. <laughs> um, so then we jump into some of the Veronica taking over for uh, Hiram, who is um, still shot up. Uh, she uses the word mob splaining, which I thought was very funny. Oh, great use of that. Uh, Mosplaining, great word. The way the people on the show say the word capo is stupid. Uh, <laughs> I hope they is can it, stop it saying capo? that. It's not capo? Well, that's I, I feel like people say it wrong, <laughs> and really? I don't say I it right. I thought it was either. Capo. I think it's Capo. Yeah. How did she uh, say it? But it's just, it, it's very it sticks out in an odd way. Anytime anyone says Capo, capo. I, I do think part of the problem, and we've talked about this before, is they're barely mobs. Like when yeah. we get down to it, and they mention this when she fires those two enormous twins. Uh, they look like, like male mops, yeah. not mobsters. Uh, yeah, they're like, whoa, you're getting rid of your only capos? And then the mob is down to Veronica, Reggie, who is your boyfriend, and Smithers, who I thought was dead, to be honest. Yeah, with Smithers you. is back, baby. I mean, Woo-hoo! of all the, the famous duos in the world, you have Batman and Robin, Starsky and Hutch, and Smithers and Reggie. Yeah. They're there to wreck shit. I'll tell you what. Even though for I don't even remember what plot point made me think that he was dead, but I was glad to see him again because I feel oh, like you can't have the lodges without Smithers, right? No, it is true, and I definitely thought he was dead too. So, but I remember he was driving a bus or something, or he was on a bus. He was he was hiding out at the bus station, but yeah. then I thought he got killed after that, or we were told he was killed or something. It, well. I, he, so that scene where Smithers and Reggie and Veronica's like, what should we do? And Smithers says just absolute nonsense. No, come on. He was dropping knowledge, man. <laughs> no, he, 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 the sentence didn't make Sharing it. He was like, well, basically a riddle. from his life. I was like, well, I'm Ed's sorry. A- the crazier part to me about that scene was that Smithers gives this whole story about being in foxholes and yeah. uh, that they needed to figure out a way of man. getting around things. So they put their helmets on their bayonets and held them up to trick the enemy. And Veronica is like, Hey, I just had an unrelated idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that whole scene was so weird. But, but the way that, he talks like, about he, war, that, he, he specifically told idea. them what to do. Smithers told them what to do. And Veronica was like, I also have an idea. Well, yeah, Which but also was the his same idea. idea. She, no, she was anything. She was taking that idea and putting a little twist on it. Right, I saying, know. But what you say in that situation is, you say, "Oh, that's a really interesting idea. Here's how we could use that in this situation." Not, hmm, bunch of nonsense, Smithers. Unrelatedly, here's what I'm thinking. 
That's not what she said. She was like, that gives me an idea, saying I'm going to take that information and twist it into what I need. Justice for Smithers. Justice for Smithers. Top of his game. Smithers describes like a Charlie Chaplin film that's set during a war and is like, like, hey, does this help you? And Veronica's like, "Uh, yeah, I guess. And then they go on with their plan. Yeah. Later on, he was like. Judge a man for sharing his story like that. He says has this whole thing about working on a candy line and the candy's going faster and he has to keep stuffing yeah. candy in his mouth. Exactly. That was nuts. I don't know how they use that exactly, but I think it'll turn up next episode. And then me and the boys couldn't figure out who was on first. It was either who or who was on first. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh that's the joke. Uh so that we find next, we find the sex club in Riverdale. The main. Oh yeah, I love this. This is a sex club located in a hotel with an open door policy, <laughs> where the sex is just happening out in the second room with no doors or anything like that. Right, People are room wandering. Yeah. Th- that place was more like uh, it's like straight out of Game of Thrones. Right. It was like a, bra- a, bra- a real life brothel. Uh, yeah, but it looked classy though. Was, the two things that I really place. liked about that though, one. I, I actually this is a weird comment, but I really like the door that it was called the Red Maple Club. There was so much maple in this episode, by the way. But there was yeah. called the Red Maple Club, and they had that little uh, the keyhole was a little glowing red maple. I don't know if you noticed that it was a maple leaf, uh, which yeah. I thought was pretty neat. Uh, and also Betty walking in to be like, "Okay, so Riverdale has a sex club now." <laughs> that, was, that was the weakiness I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. That and a couple of other lines like that that I just thought were so fun, where the characters. It was the characters knowing that they're on Riverdale and recognizing how ridiculous it is, which I appreciated. And I think that sets the stage for Veronica to open like a non-alcoholic sex club next season <laughs> in uh, in the well, under under underneath the Bon Nuit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's where Hal is. I think you got top floor is Pops, then right <laughs> below that is Le Bon Nuit, and then right below that is whatever prison Hal is in. That's and the then the levels. sex bunker underneath that, right? <laughs> yeah, just definitely. all of Riverdale is just stacked on top of each other, like yep. some sort yep. of layer cake. Uh, uh, so we get um, this great scene with Archie where he um, is drunk. I guess um, he demands it. There's no one in this in the bar. He demands another bartender when Reggie won't serve him, um, and, and he's Reggie's like, like, "There's literally no other bartenders, bro." Yeah. Uh, pretty fun, pretty ridiculous. Archie gets tossed into Josie's bathtub to sober up. Man, the uh, fact that Josie could carry him, pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, all the way back to her house, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, in the next scene in this uh, progression, I love how Josie's like, I know we haven't talked much this series of television episodes, <laughs> but here's here's some ideas I have for you. <laughs> I... I love Josie in this episode. I thought yeah. Ashley Murray's delivery on almost everything is great. Like she's she has a gorgeous singing voice. It's always nice to say, hear her sing a song. She did a great job with the Dick Tracy song, so that was a lot of fun. But that scene where she is basically reading Archie the Riot Act and being like, you gotta clean up your act, you gotta shape up. And then another one of those winky moments where Archie goes into his flashback and he's like, well, I killed my demons. I even killed myself. And she's like... What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think so I don't good. know if you've had the pleasure of trying to describe an episode of Riverdale to someone who doesn't want to. Know. Oh yeah, it's literally how it is. Oh yeah. Good I'm call. like, no. Uh, the Black Hood was defeated. People are like, 
What? Are you dumb? <laughs> after, uh, not even after like three weeks ago, but consistently for the past three weeks, I've had people message me and text me and like just hit me up in person and be like, so Archie got killed by a bear? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're an information hub for Riverdale. Yeah, yeah it's working out really well. Um, so does this, do we think that, uh, that, uh, Archie cat is, uh, rising? <laughs> um, I think I can see it going either way. Personally, I'm a big fan of platonic relationships on shows. I think I know, if you can, I, know, Alex. I, I just don't want people to ever touch each other. It grosses me out. <laughs> oh man. Killing fine sex. No, thanks. Uh, they, Very American. Um, No, particularly everything Archie has gone through I don't think he needs to start hooking up with somebody else right now What he needs is to figure his own shit out Oh, so that means he definitely will Yeah, 100% (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, on the other end of the spectrum At what point has Archie never been like Oh, is that a hole? I'll fuck that hole (laughs) Oh my god Literally anything We talked about that Why are we on video? Your eyes got so (laughs) weird What was that? I can't wait to freeze frame that. If you guys want to give that, that's great. Uh, But seriously, that's Archie's MO is basically like he will chase after any girl in his path. Was being nice to him, and he was—he's kind of like a little puppy. He was like, "Oh, what? You'll help me? I'll take boxing. Yeah, I'll—I'll I'll I, I thought it was great. Boxing. Like, I loved the advice. Her not taking any of his shit, being like, "You have to shape up." The scene to jump ahead. The scene at the end after he has kind of figured everything out. And you were just talking about Pete, but he goes back to the bar and he's like, "Hey, I know you suggested boxing. Maybe you could hook me up with Mister Keller if you know him. Would love an introduction yeah. to Mister Keller." Uh, <laughs> To take his boxing classes uh, But also I would love to sing with you But again Ashley Murray's delivery On that stuff when she's like Oh hey Red Very yeah. cute and very funny and, But when also, she called him Red that made me think It was uh, yeah. that I, I, think, is- I do think ultimately that's what they're setting up But deep in my heart I hope that it's more about them singing together and becoming friends together. And that's it because uh, I think it would be what a nice prude. Yeah. Also, I did like the way she was like, you're singing backup. Yeah. Yeah. Super cute yeah. scene. Love that scene. Yeah. Um, now I'm just going to roll through all of the insane things that plot things that happen next. <laughs> Please do. Fine. We find out Colonel pops up like four times. He's like, oh, yeah, that dude was murdered. Oh, yeah, um, he was poisoned. So we find He's out making that- a ton of money this episode. Yeah. Yeah, he gets paid by the minute of conversation, uh, like all uh, more guys. Uh, so Clifford, we find out that Clifford Blossom was poisoned before he was hung. Um, Penelope Wait, later. I, sorry, asked, you forgot. He got poisoned by before he was hung by blowfish poison. By, yes, yeah. by, by blowfish poison. Um, should we find out that a couple scenes later that Penelope was the one that did, that did that and she kills men uh, just in general? Yeah. Uh, which was like a wild. poison ivy type of character. Well, yes. or like the Black Dahlia, which is what Betty calls out, uh, which is a pretty famous serial killer case where she also killed a series of men. Uh, that was. And the title of the show. Yeah, well, the title of the show is The Red Dahlia. That's what uh, Betty then calls her because, you know, everything is red. Um, yeah. what, uh, what movie was The Black Dahlia? Was it The Black Dahlia Murders? Was, was that the name called of the movie? I think it was called the Black Dahlia. Oh, okay, the Black Dahlia. But there's another one that they did. Oh, the original, because the Black Dahlia is a m- more modern one. Right. I'm forgetting. Uh, maybe I'll look it up while you're going through the rest of the murders and stuff. Okay. 
uh, hold on a second. I was going to look it up. Uh, so we find out that Hermione knew about the fizzle rocks, um, and the runoff and she's making a deal to get rid of all the fizzle rock stuff, uh, make a bunch of money, um, which we, Veronica, then she burns all the fizz, her and Reggie burn all the fizzle rocks. Uh, they were standing a little too close to the burning drugs for my taste. Exactly, especially all this episode talks about how fizzle rock runoff makes people give has, gives people seizures. Imagine yeah. inhaling fizzle smoke. <laughs> <laughs> They're standing right next to it. They parked the car right there. Yeah. Like, you probably had to back that up a little bit. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You've clearly burned some evidence before in your life. <laughs> like never parked the car near the burn. Excuse me. Uh, Penelope is blackmailing Betty about how she got Chick. Uh, Killed. Who Chick talked yeah, about it? Like Betty could kill people too. Yeah. yeah. Wait. So uh, I think we forgot to talk about this earlier. So so far in the past two weeks, two characters who we d- were told were killed, but we didn't see the body of, have turned up alive. Uh, first tall boy last week, and then Sheriff Manetta this yeah. week. Yeah. Chick is conveniently name dropped this week uh, when it's brought up to Hal. Like, I, basically, there's a couple of ways I could see this going at this point. We've kind of suspected, Don't tell me they're bringing Chick back, you asshole. Chick is definitely coming back. But I think, no. like, the way that I look at it is it's weird that Penelope would call that out because we've already established that she and Hal are telling each other about each other's crimes. So it seemed yeah. like Hal would say, I killed Chick, and this is how I killed Chick, and that's how she knows that, right? But at the same time, I think based on the fact that Hal doesn't have any reaction when they talk about Chick, and they don't bring it up later, it certainly indicates to me that Chick is, in fact, alive. Yeah, no. I agree. No. Chick is the hero of Riverdale. Right, he's going to come back to you. save us all. Either that or he is the Gargoyle King. No chick ever again. Oh, you better get ready because you got a big servant of chick. Not like anyone else on this show. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Sheriff Marinetta, they're going to. So Hermione's plan, we find out he's alive. They're having an affair. Well, they're They're both having affairs. Both. Yes, a lot of affairs in this episode. And they're going to. Marinetta and Hermione are going to pin Hiram's death on FP. And we find out that FP shot Hiram on Hermione's orders. Oh, uh, sorry to interrupt real quick. Uh, the thing that I was actually thinking of, there's a new series with Chris Pine directed by Patty Jenkins called I Am the Night that's just starting on TNT. That's uh, about the Black Dahlia murders. So oh, cool. Ah, yeah. Nice. There Another go. autopsy on a television show, Alex Salmon. <laughs> uh, off the clock. Yeah. Um, Anytime. So, happy to do it. Uh, so all of that insanity happens. Jughead confesses to FP about Tallboy, uh, which then has them concoct this plan to um, uh, blame Hiram to say that Tallboy killed, uh, shot Hiram, and then Tallboy was killed by FP. And they're going to uh, roll this information out when um, Alice Cooper shows up as a one-woman film crew yeah. um, to FP's office. To, uh, She's both sitting on FP's lap when Hermione comes in. Oh, well, hello. Now, yeah. I, I love the fact that last episode the farm went through all of these different things to pull the strings so that Alice could finally get on TV and finally be on a TV station. She could get her dream job. And then this episode, we find out she's literally the only person that works there. I was like, 
I mean, I don't know if it was a choice that the show made, but if it was just like, oh, we didn't cast anybody, we'd be like, get one person to work the camera. Right. <laughs> what, what world do we think? I think, I think it was just local she can person. do it all. all I right, think she, it was the idea was like to not complicate the shot, right? Like with extra people that we've never met before. <laughs> like not have a guy there be like, and I'm David. You know, yeah, well, we didn't need to have a whole monologue yeah. from him, but it, to me, it was so weird. It she's in her on camera clothes and she's like, pressing buttons on the camera plus the camera was like on a tripod pointed down it was just very odd uh, yeah i mean that's local news that's how it yeah. works Definitely. she can do all the jobs she's fantastic at her job she really knows what she's doing plus if you've got a camera guy you can't be naughty with fp in the room that's true she's uh she's a host predator that's what she yeah, is. She's a predator. Yeah. yeah, local news is basically like shooting a, a web series in Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we get a very – in this episode, they reference so many things very subtly, and then at one point they just go, Bad Boys 2. That, yeah, okay. that was hysterical. I love that. It that was, was like so, Bad Boys 2. Oh, my God. That made me and laugh we, so hard. And so, we never, I was hoping we were going to get to see some of that, but it was like, hey, you, Reggie, you go handle all of that Bad Boys 2. So just to break down that scene for those who didn't watch it, just because that made me laugh so much, and the delivery Charles Melton had and uh, Camilla Mendes' reaction were both so great, is uh, Veronica lays out the plan that they're going to burn all of the drugs and the equipment, and Reggie is like, Oh, that's like the plot of Bad Boys too, and they just hold on it for like slightly <laughs> too long. Yeah, no, it was perfect. No, it's great. That so, was perfect. So the the thing that works so well about that joke is there's so many things that worked well about that. One was Charles Melton's delivery. Two, them specifically calling out Bad Boys too, which is a funny reference as <laughs> yeah. well. Three, holding on Camila Mendez's reaction to it. Before uh, Charles Melton is going to be in Bad Boys Three. So, like, at the same time, like, I actually, I don't even think that's necessarily a reference to that. Like, I think it was just him being Reggie and being like, this is like the plot of a movie I saw one time. But it works on that level as well. And it was just so much fun. That was my, (laughs) ridiculously enough, that was my favorite part of the episode. Oh, come on. That's crazy. I mean, it uh, made me laugh. Yeah, it was funny. The last Um, line was the best. As we sort of uh, bring the episode to a close, we uh, man Monica remains strong. Uh, Verarchi, our friends. And well, wait, did we talk about uh, Archie stopping the? Yeah, we got to talk about Archie. No, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. So Archie is there to kill Hiram. Um, and another dude shows up who we later find out is Sheriff, the ex-Sheriff Mineta, ex-Sheriff, ex-person Mineta. Uh, and instead of Archie killing Hiram, Archie just shoots that dude without asking any questions. Why would – if you're going to sh- shoot somebody, then somebody else shows up to shoot the person you were going to shoot. Just stay there, watch that person do it, and then you don't have to worry about it. Then your guy's to, dead. You're to, not even <laughs> – To Justin's point that he made earlier, I think the idea there, or at least what I took away from it, is that Archie is still good, right? He, I don't know, I mean, I guess we'll never really find out whether he would have shot Hiram or not. I think ultimately he kind of just needed to point the gun at him and that's it. I was almost expecting before Sheriff Renata came in that he would fire the gun, but there wouldn't be any bullets in there. That would just be the act of doing that that would get him through it. Uh, But I think shooting Mineta had the same effect where he got 
to see Hiram in danger and then turned around and saved him and realized, okay, I have to turn my life around as well. Yeah. I, I knew he was going to shoot him because he started villain monologuing right away. And I was like, oh, you're not going to do this. You're just monologuing about it. You, (laughs) Wow. Pete is pissed. I just like you're you're going to go and shoot him. Really? That that's your plan, Archie. That's your plan. Well, and then they make they make up. Yeah. The newest ship in all of Riverdale is Hire Archie. Hire Archie. Archie? Hire Archie. Hire Archie. Somebody, please, hire Archie. Hire Archie. He needs the money. Was anybody else upset at that? I mean, Archie, like, this man set up to ruin your life. His whole thing was, you can't date my daughter. So he bugs Archie enough so that they break up. He wins, and then Archie's like, hey, I have nothing to be mad at you about. Oh, really? He's still, like, one of the most evil people in Riverdale, you asshole. You were about to kill him, but now you have no qualms with him whatsoever. All yeah. the shit he put you th- he threw you in fucking jail and tried to have you killed. Like, what? We're cool, yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's... That's right in the monologue that uh, Jughead gives towards the end of the episode where he says these are truces, right? So I don't think we're never going to see Archie and Hiram clash again, but we do need to bring this to a close. Like there's no there is no possible end game for Riverdale where Archie and Hiram are constantly on a collision course where one of them is going to die. Like that's, yeah. that's not sustainable over the course no, of the series. So they I'd, live in the same town. Yeah. I'd much rather have this, this truce. I understand what you're saying, Pete, but at the same time, I think like they're not going to stop hating each other. They're not going to stop working against each other. But at the same time, this death match that they have on had to end just for the just for the simple sake of the show continuing. But I do think the Archie will the bear will move in with Archie and Fred. <laughs> yeah, as bears they're... definitely coming back. Hey, Arch, I adopted this bear as a son. <laughs> He's going to live with you. In your... I got to tell you, I ship uh, Barchi. Yeah. That's the bear at Archie. Yes. Yeah, no, course. we got that. Yeah, definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, the episode wraps up sort of thematically with uh, Jughead and Hermione putting it all together um, and deciding they're just going to keep each other's secrets. Um, yeah. Hermione then kills Minetta. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> he hardly the... knew ye. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this episode. And, uh, we've been we, we've been pretty firmly on the side of Hermione, I think, as a podcast to. Uh, to garbage. watch her be straight up evil and then kill Manetta, that was a real bummer. I'm telling you, I think it supports, even though we didn't even mention any sort of Griffin or Gargoyle this episode, um, I do think that uh, Hermione is more and more likely the Gargoyle King. Also, she didn't just like shoot him. She like unloaded a couple rounds. Like she was pissed. Yeah. Now I'll I'll throw something else out at you. This is not exactly Gargoyle King, but uh, there is a weird detail that was dropped when Betty confronts Penelope and asks her about the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy, uh, and she says, "Oh, you probably wanted to kill them because they stole you and sold you to the Blossom family." And she yeah. says, "No, that wasn't the nuns. That was the Monsignor of yeah. the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy." I think that's a pretty important detail to throw in there. You think what? You think he's a gargoyle king? No, I think he's Edgar Evernever. Ooh, 
Ooh, interesting. Because we haven't heard about him since. The sisters have clearly taken over the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. It would make a certain amount of sense for a big religious figure to have left there and then started another religious outlet like the farm. Uh, Whatever it is, I think we're going to hear about him again. Yeah, I actually made that made me think it might be um, Hermione's father. Hmm. Uh, because of all of her, the religious religiosity that she had when she was young. Um, so I think he's going to be this weird, bad figure. And that's where she gets her, uh, insanity from. Mm, interesting. Uh, well, cool. What else do we want to talk about in the episode? Any other details we should mention? I think we covered it. All right. Uh, no, uh, we got to talk about the last line was an amazing way to end the episode. Like, I thought it was such a fun, like, upbeat, cool kind of. I just I thought it was such a great uh, overall episode and such a great button to put on all of the madness. The forget yeah. it, Jughead, it's Riverdale? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. I, I know, but, you know. Did, we did were, you forget it, Pete? It's podcast. <laughs> this is this is podcast town. <laughs> podcast town. Talked about you know all of it up to that, and I just wanted to reiterate it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. This is microphone city after all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, uh, all right. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, first of all, uh, as we mentioned, Gargoyle King wasn't mentioned at all. But any new theories there? Any thoughts on who the Gargoyle King might be back in the day? Now that we know Tallboy, one hundred percent definitely is the Gargoyle King now. Yes, definitely 100%. Uh, I do think uh, Chick mentioning uh, maybe that means he's going to be a little. He, he has to. If he's going to come back, he has to come back for a reason. What reason is that? Perhaps he's the Gargoyle King. No, that's insane. I'll, I'll throw a possibility of why Chick might come back. Chick could come back to kill Hal for vengeance, and Betty might be forced to save Hal to push that relationship forward. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. Or we could just move forward in some any other area of the show and never mention Chick again. Or we could have like a fun, like we've already had this noir episode, like a fun uh, only Chick episode. Like what's he been up to? What has he been doing? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he run when he ran away that day? Yeah. Follow him in real time. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. A journey. Like a Maybe 24 the, episode? <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the Riverdale movie that they oh, do. Oh, God. 24-hour long Riverdale movie. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. It's not... It's not not happening. Yeah. Uh, last thing we are going to do before we go, and I'm just going to throw this out to you guys, and I, I think you should feel free to turn this down, but I did get a little bit of feedback on Tumblr about uh, the way we end every episode. Now, uh, frequent listeners of the podcast know that at the end of every episode, uh, we ask Betty or Veronica. Uh, some folks were asking, why do we do that? And uh, I explained that back when we started the podcast, we thought this was going to be about Archie Comics, the show. <laughs> yeah, As yeah. it's turned out, maybe not so much. But back in the Archie Comics, all of it is about, is Archie going to choose Betty or Veronica? So we thought that would be a, a fun thing to do in the show. I thought it was going to be mentioned once in the show. <laughs> yeah, like literally <laughs> at all. Uh, and it hasn't been. Um, I, I will say, for my sake, I'm still on board with it because I find it ridiculous that we try to break it down based on the fact that, like, there's no reason to compare them. But a couple of other folks hit me up saying they felt like we were pitting the two main female characters against each other on the show. I assured mm-hmm. them that's absolutely not what we're doing, but they suggested maybe we open it up 
to best character on the show or something like that. Again, feel free to turn it down. But what do you guys think? Do we stick with Betty yeah. or Veronica or do we do MVP? MVP. I have never been one to stick with just Betty or Veronica, so I'm happy to do whatever. We can say Betty or Veronica or anyone. Ooh, okay. But but we're still going to say Betty or Veronica, right? Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This episode, talk about this episode only, Betty or Veronica or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good. Um, natural, right? Did that come off real natural? natural? Yes, good. Very. Okay, yeah. Like you really enjoyed saying it, for yeah, sure. Like it did take a little piece of my soul out and throw it on. It was the same way you delivered your uh, titular dirty fuckers line. (laughs) Uh, Uh, In your uh, autobiography coming out. Yes. (laughs) Um, What do you think, Pete, Betty, Veronica, anyone? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say Betty all day, every day with a side of Josie because Josie uh, was also phenomenal. (laughs) You can't do that. I just did. It's MVP time. So my two MVPs are Betty. It's not how MVPs work. Right. It means most valuable player, not uh, players. Players. No, that's not. It's not somewhat valuable players. It's most valuable players. Sure. What about you, Justin? Um, I'm going to go with Smithers. Nice. Great to see Smithers (laughs) pop up. Uh, I love when they're like, this character is important. And then you see him once and then never again. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Josie. I just, I really love Josie in this episode. Yep. She was only in three scenes, but again, I thought her delivery was so good and so fun. And if they do end up going the, what did you say? Arch cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Archie cat, arch cat, arch cat. If they end up going the arch cat route, totally fine with that. If they end up just being friends, totally fine with that as well. I'm excited to see what happens next. I think that's going to be great. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, for, wait, wait. Oh, yes. I just wanted to say, uh, yes. Alex, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to support us, uh, if you love us. Oh, yeah. I love you, too. I love you, too. Uh, if, no, if you, Pete. I know you. <laughs> I know you love me, Alex. Uh, Pete. Yeah. What's up, what, man? What about are you going to say it back to? Are you going to say it back to Alex? Because I say I, I love you guys. Oh no, 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 Pete. He's wondering if you're going to say it to him. Thank you. Are you, you going to say it to him? Well, I do love Pip, my dog. Yep, yep. And that's and, a long way away from me. And your brother. Okay. <laughs> and both your kids. <laughs> okay. And also, all right, fine. Yes, Justin, I love you, too. If you love us, you can support us. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft. That's totally free. Please come on by. We'll chat with you about Riverdale. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Find us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. Also at Riverdale Dark, our dedicated Riverdale Twitter feed. And I'm going to get you dirty fuckers. Whoa. <laughs> Forget it, Pete. It's podcast. Town. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take that again?
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.